hello and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you're all having an absolutely terrific day today. A lot of news going on as always. And again, I want to thank everybody for your emails and support. Getting a lot of feedback as always from all over the country. I always appreciate and I encourage everybody when you have information or updates or certain things that are going on that you can fully verify. Feel free to email them to me. It really helps us get more information out there and also helps us to research more things and find out what's going on, what's truth, and what's lies. Speaking of that, what's interesting is, you know, we had said from the beginning with the entire capital incident that we saw that there was a lot of very strange things that were happening all the way from some of the individuals being seen going in were known individuals that were at Antifa and BLM protests that some individuals looked like they were true patriots and that other individuals you know were just led in by the Capitol Police and kind of walked into the building the whole thing was just very very odd and of course that whole situation now has been used as a catalyst to pretty much condemn and demonize anybody that's in the patriot movement that even just simply supported Trump and has now allowed DHS to come in and issue guidelines that essentially anyone and everyone that even supported, talked about, or voted for Trump is now a potential domestic terrorist. Now, what's interesting about this now, as more and more things are starting to show up about the Capitol incident, one of which has gotten very little publicity, but now it's starting to actually make some news. A Navy veteran was charged in the Capitol riots. Now, they're saying that they've charged numerous individuals for this, and they've caught this new guy now, Thomas Edward Codwell, who's now got an attorney. He's 66 years old. Now, what's interesting about this is the court filing on Tuesday is now arguing for Codwell's release for a detention pending trial. And it goes on here, and you can read it online as far as the actual document from the file that was submitted to the uh, to the court. And it goes on to say here that Mr. Codwell basically retired from the Navy and has held a top-secret clearance since 1979. He has undergone multiple special background investigations in support of his clearance, after retiring from the Navy, he worked as a section chief for the FBI <laughs> as a GS-12. He then also formed and operated a consulting firm performing work that was classified for the U.S. government's customers, including the DEA, the Department of Housing and Urban Development, the U.S. Coast Guard, and the U.S. Army Personal Command. <laughs> so... What he is saying here is now that the FBI has arrested him, I guess accidentally, he is now blowing the whistle and saying that he basically still can, still possesses a top-secret clearance and does consulting work for just about every major heavy-hitting domestic agency in the United States, meaning there's a reason why this guy was at the Capitol there's a reason why this guy basically went in, and there's a reason why everything that has happened at that incident is now being used as an excuse to demonize the patriots. This thing is starting to stink of such a massive false flag, and now after arresting this guy, he basically has come out now and said, dude, you guys aren't supposed to arrest me. 
if you are arresting me now, I'm basically going to blow the whistle and basically show everything that you guys are doing. And it has now come out now in these court documents. So I encourage everybody, you know, get this information out there. This is a huge thing right now to now show that this guy basically worked for the FBI. He has been a consultant for numerous government agencies and basically has held and currently held a top secret clearance. So here's what you have to realize. This individual, this, this Thomas Edward Caldwell, if he had this long of a pedigree and a background with the U.S. government, including the FBI and the DEA and top secret clearance, there's no way he would have gone to the Capitol and compromised his entire background with everything he's been doing simply to go there to support a protest. There's a reason why he was there. There's a reason why he was directly involved in it, and there's a reason why now they do not want this information coming out. So I thought I would get that out there today and show you again that pretty much everything we are seeing is full-blown theater. It's designed to keep the narrative going in the direction you want, and the lies do not stop coming, Dad. What do you think? Well, you're exactly right. I mean, you know, this whole thing is like, you know, watching it. You know, a C-rated movie. I mean, the script is awful. I mean, you sit back and you look at it and you go, well, that's a big plot hole. Uh, yesterday I watched the latest Lehman Neeson movie. Your, your mom wanted to go to the movies, Austin, and we took her over there. And I think it's called Shooter or whatever. And it's about this, you know, mother and son who crossed the border fence down there around, I guess, in New Mexico and, and the cartels after him and the woman, mother gets shot and the, and the boy, Basically, uh, it has to have Lehman Neeson take him to his family in Chicago. And the entire movie was so full of plot holes. It was probably one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It was awful. I mean, it was absolutely awful movie. I don't recommend it. I give it an F. It was so horrible. And that's exactly what we're seeing now in these false flags. They're Fs. I mean, they've got so many plot holes in them. It's like the Vegas shooting. When you guys breached the room with the guys up there shooting with a bump stock gun from, you know, hundreds and hundreds of yards away, and they break into the room, and he's dead there, so we shot him in the face, and the windows that are fixed that don't open are still sealed in the room, and there's no way he could have ever shot anything out of the window, and yet they say he did, but he wasn't even – the windows weren't broken. So now he's dead. The windows are still fixed. So – yeah, whatever. All of a sudden, the windows miraculously get broken out, I guess. Who knows? What a bunch of weirdos. I mean, the, 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 it's like C-rated movies. The problem is the Kabbalists, the Luciferians, own the media. And when they own the media, they continue to pump the propaganda out to the people to a point where people start to believe it. Uh, Gene contacted me this morning, sent me a text, and he said he's so frustrated because so many of his friends okay, are getting the shot. Shot one, shot two. And he says, I don't understand why they're doing this. Well, the reason they don't listen to the ulterior – the reason they're doing it is they're being brainwashed by the mainstream media, by listening to the Fox News every night. Oh, you got to get your vaccine, NBC. you got to get your vaccine, CBS. you got to get your vaccine, ABC. you got to get your vaccine. So they hear this, and they think the only salvation we've got is to get the vaccine. This morning I talked to a, another lady who's in our neighborhood who's a friend of ours, and she goes, oh, my father got his vaccine yesterday. I'm like, oh, my gosh, what's wrong with these people? Guys, they don't listen to alt media. They only listen to mainstream news. And the mainstream news has so overblown this coronavirus that everybody thinks that if you don't get the COVID, you know, 
injection device, okay, I'm not going to call it a vaccine, that you're going to die. No, that's not true. There's all kinds of natural protocols that you can use without having to get a quote-unquote vaccine. It doesn't work anyhow. They even say it won't stop you from getting COVID, and it won't stop you from transmitting COVID. So what does it do? That's the question you got to ask yourself. So there's the problem that we've got right now is the disconnect with the vast majority of the population. And so many of these people, and it's exactly what Austin and I said last month, they're wearing masks, and because they're wearing the mask, they want the vaccine. So when you go into the – here's just a basic cross-section. Here's how you look at it. You walk into Walmart – and you got 95% of the people. You got 100 people in there. You got 95% of the people, 95 people wearing a mask. Those 95 people are going to get a vaccine. You think, gosh, Ted, it can't be that. No, that's how bad it is. The only people that are saying that they're not going to get the vaccine are the people who don't wear the masks or who only wear the masks when they have to because of a job or whatever. They're still not planning on getting a vaccine. See, this is what we have going on right now is the complete and total brainwashing of the population of the United States. And it was done because what they did is they dumbed down the educational system and they stopped critical thinking. That's what they did. They did it to the Frankfurt School. You know, Charlotte Isserby got, has got great. She has a book out, The Attentional Dumbing Down of America. You can get that if you'd like. It's very expensive. You can watch her videos and get the gist of it for free online. But she says, you know, back in the 80s and the 90s, back in, you know, 1920, 1930, 1940, 1950, they started this dumbing down process in the United States. The United States before 1950 was the most educated country in the world. We were. We were amazing. That's why we were so, such leaders in innovation. And then the Frankfurt School came in, and I've talked to you guys about this so many times. The Frankfurt School came in. Now, what happened? Why is cultural Marxism? What happened? And what is this? Is, is political correctness, is all of this stuff directly linked to cultural Marxism? The answer is absolutely yes. What ended up happening is after the Russians took over, after after the after the Bolsheviks, after the communists, after the Rothschild banking cartel paid tens of thousands of agitators to come into Russia and create the Russian Revolution, the peasants that were there decided they didn't really like communism. This is really what happened. They didn't want to be in, under communist rule. They didn't want to have to produce food for people who didn't want to work. You say, well, what does that mean? Here's how communism works. It's a collective you know, kind of like the board, right? And everybody gets together and everybody produces food and everybody distributes all the food basically to each other. Everybody gets the same amount of food. So if one person works 100 hours a week, they get X amount of food. If one person works 50 hours a week, they get the same amount of food as the person working 100. And if one person works five hours a week, they get the same amount of food as the person working 100. Well, very soon people begin to realize who are working 100-hour weeks, it doesn't make any difference how hard you work. You're going to get X amount of food. So they stop working. Then the ones who work 50 hours stop working. Pretty soon the guys who work 10 hours a week stop working because it doesn't matter what you do. You don't get paid incentives. You don't get an incentive. It's the same amount of work no matter what, same amount of food no matter what. Nobody. So if you don't work at all, you get the same amount of food as if you work 100 hours a week. Well, human beings are pretty smart. They figure out very quickly that yeah, I don't want to work at all. And I'm going to get the same amount of food. I'm going to chill out and play golf all day or you know, play with the kids or go fishing. And they quit working. And then what ends up happening is the Soviet Union couldn't feed itself. And then if you can't get the peasants to do what they're supposed to, you got to start killing them. 
Yes, Stalin did that up to a hundred million. The peasants aren't working. They're refusing to work. Well, I'm going to kill them. Okay, that was smart. Now you kill all the farmers who know how to grow food because they don't want to work anymore. And now nobody knows how to grow food anymore. You saw the same thing in South Africa. The guys who are basically taking over these giant farms in South Africa that were growing the food, they were basically having to, you know, they had 10,000 acres of food land, of crop land, and it was all irrigated with these giant irrigation pipes. And these people came in and they said, we're giving you the farm of the white farmer now, the one who's held you under apartheid. All of those generations were taking his farm away. And so the new person who comes in says, but I don't know how to farm. And so they set up a little garden out back, which is half an acre, to feed them and their family, and they sell the irrigation pipe for scrap. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And now the 10,000 acres that was basically feeding the mass of people, there goes to nothing. Nobody's producing anything, and everybody starts starving. That's communism. But see, that's how they control the masses of people, and they don't care. When the Frankfurt School cultural Marxism started, it started right after World War One. And remember what happened in the 50s. Back in the 50s when I was born, it was a simple, it was romantic. It was a really a golden time in America. I mean, we had California beaches. I mean, we had suburbia. We had lifestyle. I mean, all of this stuff, you know, was going on. We were deciding we were going to go to the moon with rockets. You know, Elvis was rocking the nation. All You know, from 1950 to 1959, we saw over 4 million babies born. And the United States stood at the top of the world in every single field. It was an era of Great economic prosperity in the land of the free. So what happened? Well, what happened was the Frankfurt School. And what they did is they basically decided to change the theory of how the world works. Before World War I, this Marxist theory held that if the war broke out in Europe, the working class would rise up against the leaders, against the people that were basically the upper class folks in, in Russia and the world, and create a communist revolution. Well, it didn't work. They decided they didn't want to work. They decided they didn't want to do anything. They didn't want to go off the war. And they finally just quit fighting. The, the doggone communists who were fighting for the war in World War One, they just quit and went home. <laughs> just said, we're done. We've had enough of this. And so what went wrong? Well, there were two prominent Marxist thinkers of that day, Antonio Gramsci and George Lukacs. Each man on his own concluded that the working class of Europe had been blinded by the success of the Western democracies and capitalism. And they realized that until both had been destroyed, that is the Western democracy and capitalism, a communist revolution wasn't possible. Oh, yeah. Now, these guys were Kabbalists. And they were both active in the Communist Party. They were being supported and funded through the Rothschild banking cartel. But, you know, Gramsci was jailed by Mussolini in Italy where he died in 1937 due to poor health. But in 1918, Lukács became the Minister of Culture in the Bolshevik Hungary. And during this time, Lukács realized that if the family unit and the sexual morals were eroded, the society could be broken down. This is how they did it. All right? Lukács implemented a policy he titled Cultural Terrorism, which focused on these two objectives, basically breaking down the society and breaking down the family and breaking down sexual morals. In other words, leaving the Bible leaving what God had taught for thousands of years through Jesus. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and he was he was a Jewish-Hungarian. People need to realize who and what he was. It was a major part of the poly was to target children's minds through lectures that encouraged them to deride and reject Christian ethics. In these lectures, graphic sexual matter was presented to children, and they were taught about loose sexual conduct. And, again, 
the Marxist theory that it failed to take hold in the real world. The people were outraged of Lukács' program, and he fled to Hungary when Romania invaded in 1919. But then, here we go. It was all quiet with these guys because they were trying to figure out why Germany and the rest of the world had not become communists. And they were trying to figure it out. So they decided to have Marxist study week in Marxist study week in Frankfurt, Germany. And there, Lukács met a wealthy young man by the name of Felix Weil, W-E-I-L. Lukács showed up. Classic Marxist theory was based solely on economic changes needed to overthrow class conflict. Wheel was encouraged, he was enthusiastic and enthused by Lukacs' cultural angle on Marxism about destroying the nuclear family and destroying sexual morals. And then in 1913, this group of people, and earlier than that, started the Frankfurt School, which was at Goethe University, and basically was under a new direction of Max Horkheimer. And the team began mixing the ideas of Sigmund Freud, who was a Kabbalist, with those of Marx, who was a Kabbalist, and cultural Marxism was born. And so this is how they did it. And then in 1934, after they were shoved, they ran over to Switzerland for a year, 1933, because, you know, Hitler had enough of these clowns. They ran to Switzerland. Then in 1934, the school was reborn at Columbia University. Its members began to exert their ideas on American culture. It was at Columbia University. The school honed a tool it would use to destroy Western culture, the printed word. The first published popular material was the first of these was critical theory. Critical theory is a play on semantics. The theory was simple. Criticize, listen, criticize every pillar of Western culture, family, democracy, common law, freedom of speech, and others, and sexual morals. The hope was that these pillars would crumble under the pressure. Then you had the clown called Theodore Adorno. He co-authored the authoritarian personality. It defined tra- traditional American views on gender roles and sexual mores as prejudice. In other words, if a guy was the head of his family and he was teaching his kids to basically work and do what they're supposed to do, it was prejudice. Adorno compared them to the traditions that led to the rise of fascism in Europe, going back against Germany. Remember what I told you guys? They had to figure out what happened in Germany and why Germany didn't accept communist morals. They had to figure this out. It was just coincident, quote-unquote, that the go-to slur for the politically correct today is fascist. <laughs> That's because they took, it from the, they took it from the Germans. The school pushed its shift away from economics and towards Freud by publishing works on psychological repression. <laughs> then their work split society into two main groups, the oppressors and the victims. This, again, was worked with and taught by Hegelian dialectic by the Rand Corporation through the CIA and how to change group things. I'm going to say it again. Their work split society into two main groups, the oppressors and the victims. Okay, The slaves and the slave owners, the landholders and the slaves. This is how they wanted to do it. They argued that history and reality were shaped by those groups who controlled traditional institutions. Well, that'd be the white people at the time. That was a code for males of European descent, the whites. For there, what they argued that the social roles of men and women were due to gender differences defined by the oppressors. In other words, gender did not exist in reality, but was merely a social construct. This is right out of the Zohar, right out of the Kabbalah. I'll read that paragraph to you again. From there, they argued that the social roles of men and women due to gender differences defined by oppressors. In other words, gender did not exist in reality, but was merely a social construct, telling you that God was a hermaphrodite. That's what they're saying here. 
and that human beings are supposed to be hermaphroditic. And it was a social contract. And there was no such thing as men or female or boys and girls. We were all it's with a thousand pronouns. Then we turn into a coalition of victims. Then Adorno, that weirdo, and Horkheimer, they returned to Germany when World War II was ended. And Herbert Marcuse, another member of the school, stayed in America. And in 1955, he published Eros and Civilization. In the book, Marcuse argued that Western culture was inherently repressive because it gave up happiness for social progress. The book called for polymorphous perversity. Oh, yeah, here we go. A concept created by Freud, this Kabbalist, it posed the idea of sexual pleasure outside of the traditional norms. Eros and civilization would become very influential in shaping the sexual revolution of the 1960s. This is the group of stinking weirdos that did this. The social movements of the 60s, black power, feminism, gay rights, sexual liberation, all of this stuff gave Marcuse a unique vehicle to release cultural Marxist ideas into the mainstream through the universities, through the through the educational system and through the mainstream propaganda now also being bought up and controlled by the Rothschilds controlling all of this stuff controlling the Frankfurt School's ideals I'm going to post this article for you guys you can read it I posted about six different articles on the Frankfurt School I want you to understand what they did this was the I was quoting you partially from an article by David Galland that's called the birth of cultural Marxism, how the Frankfurt School changed America. And I want you guys to go to this website and go click to it and read the entire thing along with about six other articles. Super important that you understand what they did and how they did it. Also, one more quick thing. Insulin prices are going through the roof. Why? Well, here's simply why. You have to look at supply and demand, and you have to look at demand curves. Inelastic demand curves and elastic demand curves. And inelastic demand curve basically it can't be changed. You have to have insulin if you're a, a, ch a child diabetic, if you basically have juvenile diabetes in order to stay alive. So it doesn't matter if it's $500 a month, $1,000 a month, or $10,000 a month. Okay, You have to have the insulin to stay alive. And this is what they're doing. They're jacking the price up, jacking the price up, jacking the price up. Why? Because they can. Because there's no laws against it. Trump tried to stop this by just putting it back in. And the reality is this. If we allow insulin to go through the roof, the insurance companies are going to have to pay more and more money for the insulin for the people who have insurance. And then what's going to happen, the insurance rates are going to go through the roof. It's all part of the program they do to basically pull the wealth out of the United States. You could buy insulin in other countries, in third world countries, for pennies on the dollar compared to the United States. Why? Because they don't have the money down there to pay the extremely high price of insulin, which is very cheap to produce. Another study just came out, and this is very important because it ties directly together with insulin and adult-onset diabetes. It says that eggs are bad for you and that if you eat eggs, just two eggs a day, it raises the risk of death from heart disease and cancer. This is a complete lie. This is a complete lie. Eggs have all kinds of great protein in them. They help your brain to work. They help to reduce the risks of senile dementia. This is why they don't want you to eat eggs. They don't want you to eat eggs. They want to make sure that if you get over the age of 50 that your brain starts to go to crap, excuse my language, and they want to make sure by the time you're over 60 you have no brain left because you're taking statin drugs and your brain has gone to mush. Eat eggs. I just had four eggs for breakfast. I eat three to four eggs every single morning for breakfast. And then I may have egg salad in the afternoon. I try to eat at least half a dozen eggs a day. I'm 66 years, 65 years old. My brain's doing absolutely great. It's doing absolutely great. So don't listen to these lies. Because eggs help to stabilize blood sugar, and it helps to reduce the need 
for insulin. Any low glycemic food does that. And by the way, while I'm talking about it, I was just thinking, I had a friend of mine yesterday. He turned 66. name was Paul. He went to high school with me. He died yesterday. He died on his 66th birthday. He died of COVID. Good man, good friend. I know his brother real well, too. His name's Van. He's a pastor. Listen to me. You know, Paul, Paul, Paul and Van are, you know, they're, they're, they're based, they're, they're African Americans. They're black. It's so important for you guys to listen to me. If you're Hispanic or African Americans, your body cannot produce, and Hispanic also, if your bodies cannot produce the amount of vitamin D3, unless you get a lot of sun that you need to maintain a healthy immune system, it's critical that black people and Hispanic people, along with white people, don't get much sun, that you take D3K2. I was so frustrated last night. I called up the wife who had texted me the information that Paul had died, and I said, why did anybody contact us? We could have massively increased the dosing of his supplements, and he probably could have recovered from this. But guys, nobody thinks about it because they're thinking you got to go to the hospital, which sometimes you do have to go to the hospital with COVID, and they put him on a ventilator. And that's pretty much a death sentence for most people to go on the ventilator. Guys, if I had COVID. Oh, well, that's right. I did have COVID, didn't I? I had COVID back in February. Here's what I did. So you can do whatever you want to do, but I'm not giving you any medical advice, but I'm telling you what I did. I increased my D3 to 100,000 IUs a day. Yeah, how about that? I went and got a vitamin C IV of 50,000 milligrams the first day I started feeling the effects of the COVID. And I had intravenously put it into me, 50,000 milligrams of vitamin C. Then I increased my oral vitamin C to 9,000 milligrams a day. So that was spread out over, it was 3,000 milligrams three times a day. I increased my zinc to about 200 milligrams a day. And then I increased my potassium iodide to about 50 milligrams a day. And I said, I'm going to do all of this because it should take care of this problem associated with COVID. And all of a sudden, you know, I was sick for like three days and it was gone. Austin did very similar to what I did. Guys, I've seen so many people who've followed that protocol who've done really well with COVID, including we had another lady that I spoke to last night. I called up to check on her. She had COVID last week and she's still having a little time issue with breathing, but she's better. I had another one last week from the car dealership. He's better. Listen to me, guys. Your body's immune system was created by God to be incredibly powerful. It can do all kinds of stuff, but they don't want you taking supplements. When's the last time you heard anybody say on national news? I have heard it a couple times about vitamin D3. A couple times in a year? Yeah, why Why would they not tell you D? And, and quite frankly, hardly anybody ever tells you about potassium iodide. They tell you about C, they'll tell you about zinc. And, and of course, the ivermectin and zinc kind of do the same thing. They stop the replication cycle. But the reality is, guys, if you have a high enough nutrient density in your body and your immune system is working really well, it's not a big deal for COVID. But if you don't, it'll kill you deader than a grizzly bear. I'm letting you know that. I'm letting you know that. So anyhow, so my deepest condolences to the family of Paul and, and to the people who are dying from the COVID because they simply don't know the truth. I feel so bad for them. Austin, what do you think? You, you're absolutely right. I mean, it, it is rough to hear certain things like that, especially when, you know, sometimes there can be other options. And, you know, one thing that we have seen now, and I've been getting reports on it for months and months and months, and I've told you guys this, is that the issues with bacterial pneumonia and other respiratory issues have now become incredibly pronounced. 
even in people that didn't necessarily have COVID or they had respiratory issues and then they got COVID, which, of course, everything, everything related around now is COVID. Everything's COVID related. So it doesn't matter if you already were having health problems. It doesn't matter if you're already having heart problems. It doesn't matter if you're already having lung problems or breathing problems. If you eventually test positive for COVID, everything's COVID related. And so that's one of the things that people have to understand is what they've been recommending everybody to do is not helpful as far as for your own body. It's not helpful for your immune system. Strapping on two masks all day and sealing them up against your face and recirculating your CO2 all day long is not beneficial for you whatsoever. And I've told you guys before, if you are really sick or you have to go out somewhere and you need to strap a mask on basically because you're sick – that's a completely different story. But if you're very healthy and you're walking around, there's no reason to be doing that. And I'll get into another article here in a second, but I wanted to make a comment real quick on what Dad was talking about with the insulin costs and also the Frankfurt School. The BMJ Global Health has estimated that a cost of Humalog or Novolog, basically like standard insulin vial, a full vial, a multi-dose vial, on average, is cost of production is $2.28. So when you see some of these unbelievably greedy pharmaceutical companies charging upwards of, you know, 25, 30, 40, 50, sometimes even more, 350, I've heard in some cases now, $350 for a bottle of Novolog, their cost to produce it's $2, and they know it's a demand product, an inelastic demand curve, as dad said, that's a serious problem we have with our pharmaceutical industry. And this is why I've told you guys before, big pharma in the medical industrial complex does not care at all about making you healthy. Now, you may have factions of certain physicians or nurses that do want the best for some people. I'm not discounting that. But the overall industry, the overall pharmaceutical and the overall medical industrial complex does not care about getting people healthy. It cares about keeping people sick. The only way the pharmaceutical industry continues to rake in hundreds of billions of dollars is by keeping people on what? Pharmaceutical drugs. By keeping people on what? More and more and more drugs, more and more treatments. Healthy people don't make them money. People have to understand that concept. That is why you do not hear anything about Fox News or Fauci or the CDC or any of these clowns or CNN, anybody talk about megadosing vitamin C and D3 with quercetin and taking high amounts of zinc ever, ever. There's been one news article that I heard about it, and it was on like an independent local Fox News station in Texas, and they played it one time, and they never played it again. I have not been able to find it again since I printed it off. They don't want you to talk about that. They say, wear a mask, social distance, shut down your business, live in fear, don't live life. That's what they tell everybody. I mean, yesterday, the media again had a field day. Tampa was wild again, as always. <laughs> Tom Brady was running around on boats, having a blast, throwing the Lombardi trophy. There was giant boats everywhere. It was a big party because of the Super Bowl. Now, of course, the mainstream media said, how dare they do this? How dare they enjoy life? They don't have that luxury. They cannot have fun. Now Biden's come out now, and he said that they're discussing full-blown travel sanctions on Florida, saying that they'll allow flights into Florida, but they're talking about not allowing any flights to come out of Florida now. Kid you not. This is what they're trying to do because they're trying to punish Florida now because we had too much fun 
people were down here actually enjoying themselves again. Guys, as I've told you before, don't live in a spirit of fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of sound mind. Always remember that. Now, something that was interesting, and we've seen this progress further and further, exactly what Dad was just saying with the Frankfurt schools. I was actually going to bring this up, and he described it even better than I could. It's what we're starting to see now in various parts of the world, specifically Europe and specifically England and the UK, have become worse and worse and worse. UK's National Health Service now has instructed all midwives and anybody involved basically in childbirth that they have to stop using the term breastfeeding. I kid you not. They said it's politically incorrect term to say breastfeeding. They said the new word now, the gender-neutral variant that must be used now, is chest feeding. (laughs) I can't can't even say it with a straight face. They said now that breastfeeding basically assumes that it is a female with breasts that is producing milk and that that is not okay, that that is politically incorrect. They went on to say here, this is what they said, we are taking gender additive approach to the language used to describe our services and all gender additive approaches, meaning using general neutral language alongside the language of womanhood. So they have now said that you can't use the term womanhood anymore. You basically have to call her a person or they. <laughs> now they've also said breast milk. No, 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 no. Can't say breast milk. Breast milk's not okay either. You have to call it human milk. I, I'm not joking, guys. You can look this up. This is right from the UK's National Health Services. So you have to say she's chest feeding to give the baby human milk. You can't even make this stuff up. And that's exactly what dad goes right back to saying with the Frankfurt School. They're doing everything they can to make everything as gender neutral as possible to bring in this ideology. Now, people go, oh, this is stupid. Nobody's going to follow that. No, you're probably right. For the next couple of years, people are probably going to say that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Give it another 10 to 20 years as they continue to indoctrinate our children all across the globe with this unbelievably horrific communist indoctrination that they've been doing. Give it another 20 years, my friends. And as long as we continue to capitulate and we consent to allow our children to be taught this and spoon-fed and regurgitate this absolute filth, it's going to get worse and worse and worse. Hence what we've seen right now with Generation Z. I mean, they, this whole generation's been a laughing stock now. We thought, we thought the millennial generation that I'm at the very top of as far as the age bracket, we thought it was bad. Generation Z is like a whole nother level of ignorant now. And you see these kids running around pitching a fit about all these idiotic things. Dude, where's it going to stop? Now we're going to start having people running around being what? The, the, the speech police? Oh, you can't say breastfeeding. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm sorry there. Uh, but you can't say that. That's, it's called chest feeding. I need to correct you on that. I mean, really? That really where we're going with this? Yeah, it apparently seems so. Also to another news, this is something that it bothers me to bring this topic up, but I have to bring this up, this situation, because this is something that's really sad to me, but, and I'm not trying to throw salt in the direction of this doctor at all, but I do have to say that this is something that really needs to be addressed because it's grossly troubling to me that people are actually going through with this and injecting themselves with this RNA shot when they're pregnant. We have been seeing now repeated cases of miscarriages in women that have basically gotten this RNA shot. And now the CDC and numerous other agencies have tried to completely and totally cover it up. But one lady now 
has completely blasted herself out on Twitter, and she hasn't taken it down. She's now made her account private because she was getting a lot of flack. But it was a Dr. Sarah Beltran-Ponce. Now, I'm not saying that this is what caused it, but what I'm saying is she directly admitted what's happened. On January 28th, she came out and said she was 14 weeks pregnant. This is a quote from her Twitter that she brought out on January 28th. She said, I am 14 weeks pregnant, and now I am fully vaccinated. I got the COVID vaccine to protect myself my baby, my family, my patients, and my community. When it's available, I encourage you to do the same. Well, three days later, she put a tweet out and said, I've always been open about my motherhood journey in medicine, and it was with a heavy heart that I tell my Twitter family I have suffered a miscarriage at 14 and a half weeks. My husband and I are devastated, but blessed we have each other. Thank you to everyone for your compassion and sympathies. This is truly a sadness I did not know was possible to feel. It should not indicate whether she got the Pfizer or the Moderna shot, but it's been very clear that this was going to be a problem all across the board. Now, of course, people have come out and said, oh, there's no direct correlation with this. It was just happened to be a miscarriage. Well, Quite contrary, Dr. Michael Yeadon, who was the former vice president scientific advisor at Pfizer for almost 14 years, him and Dr. Wolfgang Woodard, if you guys remember, back on December 1st, they both filed a petition with the European Medicines Agency. The petition specifically asked the agency to halt all trials of the Pfizer biotech shot and all other RNA trials until studies designed conform with more universal methods. One of the specific concerns they involved with the synthesin 1, the protein responsible for placenta development during pregnancy. Placentas provide oxygen and food to the fetus, they said. They also eliminate waste from the baby. Synthesin 1 is also found in the spike protein of the SARS virus in the RNA shot that they're injecting. They said, according to the petition, the RNA shots could very well inhibit and eliminate synthesis 1 and prevent or obstruct pregnancy. Further, according to Section 10.4.2 of the Pfizer Biotech Trial Protocol, this is directly from Pfizer when they released the RNA injection. This is out of their manual. I talked about this. I think it's on page 36 or 86. I don't remember. I, I have to pull it up. But it's in section 10.4.2 if you want to look it up. It blatantly says, pregnant women or women who are becoming pregnant should not take the RNA shot. Section 10.4.1 also warns men taking the RNA shot to be abstinent from any and all heterosexual intercourse and to not donate sperm as it basically can cause problems in the pregnancy. Despite all clear warnings, people are lining up and getting the shot to conform with social media and mainstream media norms. This injection is not a joke, my friends. Majority of people that are older that are getting this now are starting to have very serious issues. I talked to another email, another email that I got from another listener who basically works with a physician. He's a grown, adult, full-size male physician, extremely healthy, she said, exercises all the time, basically got his first round of the Pfizer injection, became so sick at work he had to go home, ended up taking off the whole weekend, haven't heard anything back from the email on it after he got the shot. This is not a joke. This is a very serious injection that's going on, and more and more individuals are having issues. And here's the irony about this. Now, Swedish nursing homes are finding that the residents are becoming almost suicidal because they've gotten the vaccine now, they've made it out, and they've actually stayed alive, and they're still saying that the families cannot visit. All families are still banned from coming to the nursing home. I heard the same thing from the doctor that is in 
Kansas City, Missouri. He said it's so just just saddening to see these individuals that are older. Some of them are still very lucid, very cognitive in the nursing home, and they're literally dying completely alone and lonely, and their family cannot see them at all. And he said it's so sad to see this because of the mandates they put on it. And they said over here in Sweden as well, they said that they were basically told, the residents were told once they get the shot, that they could start going back to normal life in the nursing home, and they were completely and totally lied to. They said the elderly have lost their zeph for life. Some of them have even considered jumping off the balcony. One, Begnant Nilsson, who was 97 and still very alive, compared the situation to being in hell and said basically she wishes she could die as she cannot see her friends or family or any of her loved ones and is basically stuck in a nursing home room by herself even after surviving the COVID injection, they are not allowed to be basically exposed to anybody. This was the lie that I warned everybody about with this shot. When Pfizer came out and said there's no clinical evidence at all that this is going to stop the spread of COVID, that you can still spread it, and it does not prevent you from catching COVID, my entire question was this. Why are you going to get injected with this then? Well, we're starting to find out more and more information that the CDC is completely, totally, and complicit in this cover-up. I did some research on it last night because I had a lot of people emailing me and saying, hey, you said something about the CDC. You said they're almost an independent agency. They have no oversight. And, yes, I'm going to explain to you now real quick in a nutshell what the CDC is. As yesterday you saw, they came out with guidelines now and said they are now stating that everybody needs to be wearing well-fitted two masks at all times because, of course, they tested various masks in lab settings. And people go, oh, what are they – what do what they prove now? They did, they did a testing in a lab setting. Oh, yeah, sure. This, this is what they did. Now, I'm explaining to you how they did it. They're now advising all Americans to select masks with a nose wire that can be adjusted for a snug fit and to use a mask fitter or brace to better seal the mask and wear a mask with multiple layers for greater protection. Also advising to knotting the ear loops of the mask and then tucking them and flattening the extra material on the sides. This is, this is so ridiculous. For the new study, listen to what they did. CDC researchers tested combinations of multi-layered cloth and common surgical masks in a laboratory simulating breathing and coughing between pairs of dummies. Okay, so this was their big research study. They took dummies that they could simulate coughing from, and they put masks on them to see how much they could stop droplets of water coming through the mask. Combining the two masks, they said, reduced the wearer's culminative exposure by 83% from droplets of water spread from an unmasked source. The number rose to 96% if both dummies were fitted with double mask. Okay, so they're not doing any type of real-world research here. They're not dealing with people that basically are wearing masks half the time around their chin. They're not dealing with people that are touching their mask on a regular basis and contaminating it with bacteria and sub, sub subjecting themselves to bacterial money. They're not doing any of this. They take dummies in a closed laboratory and simulate how much droplets of water can be exposed to one another when they double mask them up. This is one of the stupidest research studies I've ever seen in my life in trying to demand that people not only compromise their own health, but they recirculate their CO2 all day long. Now, it's interesting about this. Now the CDC is saying that they're finding the cases of the United States that are still coming about are spread only because people are not wearing a mask and holding in-person gatherings. 
Here's the propaganda. Here's the real hard propaganda. The two things we can do that some of these doctors have mentioned, such as putting two masks together and void congregated settings, keeping your distance, washing your hands, and when a vaccine becomes available, to please get vaccinated. There you go right there. But, hey, the vaccine doesn't prevent you from catching it. And the vaccine doesn't stop you from spreading it. So why are they still pushing this multi-billion dollar vaccine? Well, that's a great question. As most people do not know, the CDC is a quasi-government under the Department of Health and Human Services. They're like a spiderweb branch off. They don't have much oversight whatsoever. They pretty much operate under their own guidelines. Now, what's strangely wild about this is they also do not operate funding-wise like a normal government agency. The fact is they also have a private 50C13 public charity. The CDC Foundation receives charitable contributions, philanthropic grants from individuals, foundations, corporations, universities, NGOs, and other organizations. It is not exclusively government-funded under any circumstances. This basically does not make them allowed to act or operate like any government agency, nor are they funded like a government agency. Now, you have to think about the conflict of interest that automatically come about right there. That would be like saying, hey, it's okay for the DH, the DEA to be a 501c3 corporation on the side, and they can take grants and donations from the Mexican drug cartel. Literally, that's what they're saying, meaning the pharmaceutical companies, big pharma, big vaccine, by the way, they all give massive donations to the CDC. The CDC now issuing this guideline is trying to say that under the Health Service Act of 1944, where they have now demanded that a federal mass mandate on all public transportation is held up by the Health Service Act of 1944. Now, what's weird about this is that the CDC never even came into existence until July 1st of 1946. They're the successor to the World War II Malaria Control Program. Organizations with global influence in malaria control were the Malaria Commission for the League of Nations and the Rockefeller Foundation that then founded the Communicable Disease Center. This was later turned into the CDC. The new agency was a branch, an extended branch, of the U.S. Public Health Services in Atlanta. The agency changed names before adopting the name Communicable Disease Center in 1946. Listen to this. With a budget at a time of $1 million, 59% of its personnel were engaged in mosquito abatement and habitat control. Among its 369 employees, the main jobs at the CDC were generally engineering and basically controlling mosquitoes. In the CDC's initial years, more than 6.5 million homes were sprayed, mostly with DDT. That was under the CDC. They're the ones that directed that. In 1947, the CDC made a token payment of $10 to Emory University for 15 acres of land on the Clifton Road, still the home of the CDC headquarters. The benefactor behind the gift was Robert W. Woodruff, chairman of the board of the Coca-Cola Company. The mission of the CDC expanded beyond its original focus on malaria to now include sexually transmitted diseases. Also, too, was transferred to the CDC in 1957. Shortly thereafter, tuberculosis control was transferred in 1960 to the CDC. And then in 1963, they started the immunization program as it was established. The CDC was then changed its name for the Center for Disease Control on June 24, 1970. Now, once you start understanding who these guys are, they own 
32 patents to multiple deadly viruses, you start seeing how corrupt they are and how much involvement they are. Investigations by the British Medical Journal found that three key scientists who helped develop the official swine flu policy for the World Health Organization recommended that practically everyone be vaccinated for the swine flu receive cash payments from both Roche and GlaxoSmithKline, two pharmaceutical giants that manufacture the swine flu vaccines. This is exactly what I was talking about with the CDC taking donations from pharmaceutical companies. These two companies, as reported by The Guardian in 2010, paid off policymakers in multiple countries to write the WHO's guidelines for the swine flu and push the swine flu vaccine to millions of people globally with the help of the CDC and other corrupt agencies, these pharmaceutical corporations pocketed billions of dollars. The CDC has also been complicit in forging fake science to push other dangerous vaccines like the MMR vaccine. If you guys remember, top CDC scientist Dr. William Thompson was a whistleblower exposing the CDC for manipulating research findings that showed the MMR caused autism at disproportionately high rates in young black boys compared to other children. As more and more vaccination propaganda appears in the mainstream media, it's crucial the American people become aware of the outrageous scam of the CDC and medical industrial complex are running. And there's case after case after case, including the thimerosal and vaccines can cause children to develop ticks. They covered that up with Dr. Brian Hooker. The CDC was also responsible for deaths of thousands of unborn children in 2012 when the CDC deliberately misled gynecologists and colluded with the American Journal of Gynecology and misled the public by advertising flu vaccine as a safe vaccine for pregnant women. When members of the CDC knew the vaccine was causing a massive spike in fetal deaths, documentation revealed that between 2009 and 2010, mercury-laden flu vaccines increased the vaccine adverse events reporting system fetal death reports by 4,250% and pregnant women. There's also in 2012 when the polio vaccine was released and the World Health Organization basically found out that nonetheless rare cases of vaccine-associated paralytic polio can occur both among healthy adults and contacts among people who are immunodeficient. They still push the polio vaccine. Guys, I have a laundry list here. I don't have enough time to do it. Of these situations over and over and over and over and over again, all across the globe, all across the country, for years and years and years with the CDC involved in corruption and pushing compounds that they knew were incredibly toxic, incredibly deadly, yet they pushed them anyways. My whole reason in saying this, understand what they're doing now. I told you yesterday, Pfizer has already said they're projecting for 2021 that the COVID shot alone will bring in $15 billion of gross revenue just to Pfizer alone for one single COVID vaccine. This is a complete and total scam of proportions we've never witnessed on the American populace as far as this vaccine and what they're trying to inject everybody with. Please, please, please get this information out there. Continue to wake people up. I'm going to try to put a lot of these links on the website today so you can look at them if you want to reach them. But the CDC is unbelievably corrupt. They're one of the only alleged government agencies that has very little oversight and that have a 501c3 corporation status, sex, to decide that they can collect donations from pretty much any entity, and they do not 
have to disclose where they got the money from. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to take one plus one equals two and realize the CDC is complicit in exactly what's going on right now with COVID, all the way from telling people they need to wear a mask and reduce their oxygen, increase their CO2, all the way from refusing to discuss vitamin C, hydroxychloroquine, zinc, D, the list goes on the line, and now telling everybody they need to get injected with this RNA shot that is very clear evidence it is not safe for any human being to be injected with. That's my stance on the CDC, Dad, since I need to clarify my comment from yesterday. Well, I, I don't really know what to say. That's the most exhaustive disclosure on the CDC that I've ever heard on a show. That was very well done, Austin. Uh, you know, again, you know, we've got to look at where the money goes. You got to look at the international banking cartels and we could just draw all the dots together with all of this. And you guys can do your own research on this. You can just start looking at the people involved, Googling them, looking at their family history, find out where their money came from and start to see there's a pattern. There's always a pattern. There's always a pattern with these guys. And it's the same group that's basically teaching us the entire planet some aphrodite and that you can't have breastfeeding anymore. This is what they're doing, guys. And Austin's right. We think it's silly. We think, ah, oh, stupid. Don't you remember when Kabbalist Angelina Jolie had her breasts removed a few years ago? Remember that? I'm going to go ahead and have a double mastectomy just to make sure I don't ever come down with cancer. Okay. Yeah. How'd that work out for your marriage with Brad Pitt, among other things that you were involved in? I mean, you even talk about being on this weird Kabbalah ritual torture table on YouTube. You guys can watch that if you'd like. I mean, some weird stuff from these people. And again, they're all part of the group. In fact, now the guy who played Iron Man, as far as Tony Stark's guy with the military who wore the Iron Man suit in the second Iron Man, his name is Don C-H-E-A-D-L-E. He claims the cancel culture is not really real after promoting cancellation of conservatives. So he's another guy that I'm going to completely block and not watch their movies ever again. The Dallas Mavericks have stopped playing the national anthem before the home games. And quite, quite frankly, the NBA has gotten involved with that now, and they're going to stop that from happening. Again, cancel culture. Remember journalist Andy Ngo? He says that Antifa brainwashes members to kill and to become martyrs. All of this stuff we've posted on the Health Masters website as far as articles that you can read. But, guys, it's really, really important that we understand this is an all-out war against all of us. Biden has now declared war on the global food supply. Basically, we're going to have engineered famine. It's on the way. He's now paying a huge amount of farmers not to produce crops. We found out right now, we talked to a store here locally, two stores. They can't get organic apples anymore. They can't get them. The Biden administration has launched a technocratic war on America's food supply and accelerating global collapse in food production. This is being done again by paying farmers not to grow food, ordering the Department of Agriculture to pursue a zero-growth policy and placing restrictions on grocery stores, restaurants, and meatpacking plants. On top of that, the U.S. is reeling from a severe shortage of fertilizer, which will cause crop yields to decrease and prices to rise. The U.S. is completely sold out of food to export, and other countries have stopped exporting their surplus to protect their domestic supplies in the face of a looming global famine. Can't get organic apples. This is insanity happening everywhere. Guys, the political correctness and the planned destruction of America was thought about long ago by the same people who paid for the Russian Revolution 
the Rothschild banking cartel, the same people that paid for the Chinese revolution, the Rothschild banking cartel. They control both sides of the narrative. So when you see this unbelievable circus clown show about Donald Trump's impeachment, it's all paid for and promoted by the same people to keep you from being focused on the side effects of the COVID vaccine, the side effects of wearing a mask, which is called metabolic acidosis, metabolic alkalinosis. It can be either one, depending on how the body metabolizes, how much you wear the mask, which massively decreases the immune system, massively increases facial acne, and also massively increases the risks of heart attacks, heart disease, and cancer. And it's going to massively reduce your immune system so you can't fight COVID. I'm just letting you know that. Because this is where we are right now in the United States. But remember this. You shall call his name Jesus, for he is the author, he is the finisher, he is the perfecter of our faith. And we can do all things through Christ because he is the Lamb of God, the Prince of Peace, the Counselor, the Good Shepherd, and the Savior. Always remember that. He will deliver you and he will save you from the evil one. I love you guys. I appreciate you. Austin, finish it up, and we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Absolutely. And guys, thank you again for the continued support of health masters be sure if you need anything check out the website healthmasters.com we have the b complex on super sale right now just got a big batch of it in 15 percent off on the website be sure to check that out and also to the product of the week magnesium brain food on sale right now as well so be sure to check that out along with our food buckets and our two-pack and four-pack food bucket specials organic food buckets thank you again so much for the support have a blessed safe awesome night Stay frosty, and I'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.